an anxiety happy hour contains the unhinged musings of three so-called adults. We may be talking about sex, violence, drug, really anything that comes to mind, but it's just our demented minds and no one else's. Listener discretion is not only advised, it is strongly recommended. I'm Brittany. I'm Beamer. And I'm Bunsen. And, we and we're anxious. anxious. God damn it. <laughs> damn it, Brittany. Why do we sound like that? Why are we this way? Welcome to But I Don't Want To, an anxiety happy hour. Or as I like to call it, an anxiety happy hour. Or as I like to call it, ah! <laughs> Today we are talking about loneliness. Step one. What does loneliness mean to you? All I can think about right now is the song Happiness from the Charlie Brown musical. Loneliness is sitting alone. <laughs> is this one of those situations where we have to define it without actually using the word? Saying yeah. the word, right? Right. Yeah, so you I can't can use look, loneliness. Like, I can't be like, loneliness is when I feel lonely. I mean, loneliness is those times when you wish you weren't by yourself. You wish you didn't feel like you were by yourself. My feelings of loneliness are not always dependent on the population in the room. Sure, that's fair. So maybe not physically being alone, but feeling alone and not wanting to. I think the worst bouts of loneliness that I have, okay, there's two. So for sure, there's the by yourself, getting late at night, and you're just like, everything is awful when you're not part of a team. I also have the real bad one that I'm in a social situation that I feel uncomfortable in. I look around and there's tons of people and I feel like no one understands me or relates to me. And that's a shitty feeling. It hurts more because it doesn't feel solvable by adding someone into the situation. It feels very four wing five of me that I'm the only one who feels this way and no one else is there. Do you feel <laughs> like pets help in loneliness? Oh, absolutely. I think that it doesn't even have to be your own pet, but I feel like animals who like come up to you and just like approach you and everything and then, you know, just start to give you affection. It's like the best thing. Yeah. I do love a snuggle. Yeah. It's like, it's like kids, but less responsibility. It's great. I feel like sometimes though, in loneliness, I want conversation mm. and they can meow or bark back, but it doesn't always hit the spot. Okay. So you, you want to like talk your feelings to them and their response back to you is just like a tongue wag or if it's a cat like looks at you and then looks away like i can't believe you <laughs> think you can talk to me now sometimes i can have a whole conversation with them but neither of us understand what the other is saying we're just responding meow <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then i said meow <laughs> i can so see got, this happening i've got one for you here do you ever feel rejected by an animal when they like you want their attention and they just won't give it to you 
animals and babies. There was a baby at my house last <laughs> night that we also went to dinner with the other night. And both times I wanted nothing more than to hold this baby. And it's a, it's a toddler. It's not really a baby. She can walk, but she is very much into her parents and her parents only right now. And that felt mm-hmm. very rejectful. Yeah. Aww. And she just walked away, leaving your heart in pieces. Oh, she started crying. <laughs> <laughs> Even worse. Yeah. Straight up rejection. Yes. Be better to be baby ghosted <laughs> man brutal kids are great because they just don't give a fuck <laughs> like that's the interesting part about children because they have very little awareness of others but very much an impulse to sort of take care of their own needs so the instant you stop being something of interest that they need they just abandon ship and go do their thing so you may want you may want cuddles, you may want their attention, but that doesn't mean you're gonna get it. Whenever Bob just straight up leaves our our snuggle session and like hops off the bed and trots somewhere else, I'm like, where are you going? Everyone you love is here. <laughs> Bob loves everyone. <laughs> he does. He does. But I like to think we have a special love, a love between a mother and her dog. It's because you're a four. four Your love five. is like no one else's love. Yeah, my love's like yeah. no one else's love. So something you said earlier that was kind of emo kid, but very relatable, or the sensation of feeling alone in a crowded room or like around people. And I think that one is so important. And like that one can transfer to almost any setting. That could be like at your church if you don't fit in with any of those people or at work or Maybe a new friend group or your significant other's friends, which we'll touch on in a different episode. Even at a party, if you're just not in the right mindset or don't know the right people or anything. And I think that's such a relatable piece of loneliness that maybe not a lot of people think of. Maybe they do. I don't know. I have always been the scholarship kid. When I lived in Miami, there were occasionally some parties that I got invited to that was just a level of opulence that my inner soul rejected it and i can remember a party i believe it was hosted by chelsea i won't say her last name because she probably would own this radio station or something i don't know she and i never really got along and she was the quintessential we were in middle school got a nose job type wealthy (laughs) i just didn't understand her and I had my Nokia the with the snake game on it. You know what I'm talking about, right? I definitely pretended like someone very important called me and hung out by the pool by myself on a very important phone call that uh, didn't exist. <laughs> I, I can honestly say I've never done that before. No, but I'm I like just... your level of commitment. you can't see it but bunsen just put on a new filter that seems really appropriate (laughs) to who he is as a person (laughs) i do love this over the shoulder look though this is great i cannot stop staring at your glasses (laughs) (laughs) thank you this is the ultimate goal here to just be distracting and terrible i'm fairly certain that the answer is yes for all of us but do you consider loneliness one of the anxiety type things that you have? Like afraid of being alone or? Do you feel anxious when you're alone? I feel anxious when I'm lonely. But sometimes also I do feel anxious when I'm alone and it's like nighttime. And there's ghosts? hmm Precisely. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Yeah. Certainly there are instances where I've felt anxious being alone by myself. The restaurant I first managed in Boston was huge, right? Like two stories could fit 
like 550 people inside it. It was a massive space. As the closing manager, I would be there alone by myself at the end of the night. I'd have to do a final walkthrough. Um, and I'd always do that. And it was dark, right? Like it was really dark. And Are you scared of all... the dark? Well, am I scared of the dark? Yeah, I get anxiety from that big time. Like not anymore, it, you know, I've learned to kind of power through it. But still that the feeling is still there. I just have learned to kind of be like, there's no monsters. If they were, like, you don't have the things to fight them off anyways, so you're going to die. So it doesn't matter. I think I get more anxiety from fluorescent lighting than I do darkness. Oh, just because of the flickering? No, because it puts me in a terrible light. (laughs) Or the settings that you would have fluorescent lighting I could get, like hospitals, school... There was a movie in the 80s starring Tom Hanks called Joe versus the Volcano. And <laughs> one of the one of the things that was horrible about his office was that it was this like fluorescent lighting and you could hear the buzz of the ballast <laughs> and the sort of flickering of it and everything. And yeah, there's something super uncomfortable about that, right? Like fluorescent lighting is jarring. It is, it's just generally unpleasant. The sound gives me anxiety. What's some coping type skill you have to combat the anxiety you feel around loneliness? Sometimes I'll go shopping, which sounds like it might be weird, but... Hey, retail therapy, real thing. Well, just being around a bunch of people, but not having to maybe interact with them, like, or interacting with the cashier if I choose, or just being around a lot of people if I'm lonely because I'm alone. For me, it's books. I definitely feel a comfort in reading that Mm -hmm. helps combat that. I always have some sort of, lately it's been a digital version, but I always have some sort of book on my person in the event that I am in a situation that makes me uncomfortable. Let's take a quick pause while Beamer and Brittany fangirl over the same book series that they just discovered they both read look at you look at you knowing things name drop the series here for the listeners akatar for the people who read it (laughs) and for the people who don't read it it's a court of thorns and roses and that's the first book and it's commonly referred to as fairy porn but there's a lot more to it than that (laughs) <laughs> um, there are some right. great sex scenes but <laughs> the the first book was sent to me by Brittany that she was like I need to talk to somebody about this <laughs> so I need you to read it and of course she sent it at a time that I was having some mental blocks that I was having difficulty reading probably just myself not wanting myself to be happy and I <laughs> had oh. this book and she's like are you done yet? And I was like, I've read some of it. I, I'm i not done yet. And she's like, I need you to read it. And the demon in her came out <laughs> a little bit. So I I made sure from the library to get the audiobook so that I could catch yeah. up in order to not anger the demon. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, not angering the demon is certainly a good thing. All right. Fairy porn. Good to know. I mean, like, listen, as as somebody who's aspiring to do the audiobook reading here and, and, and Dipsy as well for the, you know, the spicy stories, I can imagine there'll be a bit of fairy porn reading that needs to happen. <laughs> I, I lent my copy to my friend Paul, but I can lend it to you after if you want to get in on the fairy porn. Please. <laughs> Please. 
<laughs> Paul, uh, Paul says he likes it. Do you know Paul? Yes, I do know Paul. I don't know the rules behind fairy porn, so this will certainly be interesting. The sweatshirt that she's currently wearing is thematic to this book series. <laughs> yes, the surreal right. is a character who like always spills the tea and he makes it seem like, oh, you didn't know that? Hmm. Oh, well. Weird, I like that. Weird Actually, that they what? wouldn't have told you that. Hmm. You know well. what? Can we can we consider like uh, gossiping and spilling the tea like a way of uh, dealing with loneliness? Like, oh, you, absolutely. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, you want to talk about loneliness. Like, let's talk about FOMO, right? That is a pretty common thing where you're like, oh, I need to partake in this activity. Otherwise, you know, I may miss out on all of the context surrounding it. And then you're like, well, shit, now what? Find that friend and be like, hey, hey, what happened? Tell me what, tell me all the stuff. Tell me everything. Mm-hmm. Well, as problematic as gossiping can be, mm-hmm. at its baseline, what it is, is trying to create connections, right? Sure. To understand a situation for that moment, be on the same side as the person who is spilling this tea to you, that now mm-hmm. you sort of share a secret, even if it's not a secret, but it's that same premise of in this moment, you and I are now connected through a story. I think like evolutionary, evolutionarily, whatever, gossip was an important way of like figuring out the psychology and dynamics of people and figuring out like, oh, they did this to that person and that's how they responded. Maybe I won't do this to that person to not get that response or I will to get that response. I think that was an important like learning tool at one point. Sure. And oral traditions are all about community and bringing people together, people sitting around doing dying clothes. I don't know. What did old people do? And they, (laughs) but they would sit around and tell folklore and stories to each other in order to not only pass on the tradition of the mythology from your ancestors, et cetera, but also it was a way of connecting in that moment rather than just doing whatever menial task you were doing. 100% of the origin of the Salem Witch Trials, mm. they had the, uh, their servant, aka their slave, Tituba, who uh, was from the West Indies and was sharing some of those types of stories with the girls as they sat around in their house dresses and probably cleaned the vegetables or something. And then next thing you know, it's like, come on, they're witches. It was an interesting time. Let me just say that. Do you think either of you would last any length of time on a normal day in total isolation, like a padded room? Yes. How long do you think you would last without feeling like it was unbearable? Much like the Hulk. Here's the secret. I'm always lonely. I think that I could last a significant amount of time. I think the stop for me would be if we were in one of those camps that they do terrible things to people and you force me to have light on all the time or some other form of torture in that regard because the straight up lonely I could do I could do forever as long as you feed me I'll be fine (laughs) but the idea that like every time I go to my mother's house and she keeps me up late and wakes me up early and I just don't get enough sleep it's a form of torture can't handle but (laughs) The loneliness itself, I think I could handle. Have you seen The Martian with Matt Damon? No, but I read the book. There's a book? Yeah, Yeah. I think that's a really famous series by Edgar Burroughs. I had no idea. Anyway, I think of 
him like as a pinnacle of loneliness like he's literally the only person out there just growing potatoes out of his own shit oh that might be a different thing that might not be the i mean it could also be related to a book but the (laughs) the mars thing is different i'll send you that book yes this particular mars thing did involve shitty potatoes and i think what hydrazine to make water regardless yes i mean that is particularly isolating because it's like you know not only was he alone on a planet he was restricted in the ways that he could interact with that environment right like he had to wear a suit and had to worry about like you know decompression and, and things of that nature so it's like yeah that's that's i think that does tweak me a little bit john carter that's a totally different thing <laughs> he that was, fr- that was does mars yeah he does that mars was- so when she said the martian i yeah, but that, that i was, thought of that that's fair He's- it's just with john carter it was like there's a civilization on mars and they were going to come and invade earth right uh when i read it i think he like goes through a cave and is transported to Mars and like falls in love with the princess. Spoilers. I, I, sorry. <laughs> yeah. You sent that and immediately my brain thought of the movie that scarred me in childhood, John Carpenter's Ghosts of Mars. Man. Terrifying. That's we're, awesome. we're all going for, for different Martians, I guess. <laughs> um, Mark and the Martian. But uh, Bunsen, do you think you would last in like the padded room or alone on another planet? So, I mean, I have definitely been in a situation where I've been like isolated by myself for periods of time. That being said, you know, do I thrive in that situation? Not necessarily. You know, what I've found is like, I need some kind of human contact, whether it is in person or virtual. I need some sort of human contact to really function. Otherwise, I just kind of, you know, go into sort of like standby mode (laughs) where (laughs) nothing happens blue circle spiraling above his head exactly (laughs) just those that the dot the big dot like moves around it's like spinning beach ball if you have a mac you know that one it's pretty gross you know i could definitely do it i don't know that i would i wouldn't say that i wouldn't be lonely or craving human interaction in that time frame but yeah it's doable i think it's really more of an issue of is that a way you want to exist right Oh, how does it, it make you feel? Definitely not a way I would want to exist because my loneliness triggers other things. So Ooh. I start overanalyzing everything. What have I done wrong in this situation seven years ago? It leads to much more destructive thoughts than just loneliness itself. It, it doesn't exist in a bubble. Hmm. It's always it's always fun when the intrusive thoughts get out. Yes. Are y'all introverts oh. or extroverts? I'm an extrovert, so I like need people more. I think I'm an introvert that was socially conditioned by my mother to be an extrovert. I used to be an introvert through years and years of practice. Now I'm an extrovert. <laughs> do you feel like you get your energy from being around people though? Because even though I can do the peopling, it's mm-hmm. exhausting to me. I only replenish my energy by myself alone. So interestingly, the impulse for me is to be like, I don't know if I want to do anything or be around anybody, right? But then the instant I do, I feel better. So I definitely am an extrovert in that sense. I'm just an extrovert who has a lot of trouble pushing themselves out of the impulse to be alone. 
self-sabotaging you say yes isn't it great right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah and that's the thing is that it's just social anxiety kicks in and it's like uh, i don't know if i really want to be around people like you know there's so much i have to like wear actual clothes and there are expectations of how you conduct yourself and so there's you know all those sort of thoughts that run through your head and then when you just do it you're just around other people it's like oh that's nice it's just nice it, it was the both of you I was talking to about hostels, right? Neither of you yes. have really done hostels. Correct. I want, I want you to know, while I was in Colorado, I did a hostel. Oh, no kidding. I did. I did. While you were literally touring resorts, you stayed in a hostel? One of the nights. Because Aspen, hella expensive. Wasn't this a work trip? Yeah. Thought you were in Vail. I was also in Vail. I did Aspen. I did Vail. I did Eagle. I did Denver. Went to Bachelor so- Gulch. I didn't stay in Bachelor Gulch, though. But they didn't, like, provide you housing? I was in charge of booking my own, and I saw this in- shout-out to St. Moritz Lodge and condominiums. They have multiple things. You could get a private room with a pi- private bathroom. There's also a sort of hostel-type situation that they there's shared bathrooms and, and all of that. And then they also have a function that you could long-term rent condominium stuff. Yeah. Okay. They have a heated be- pool reimbursed oh i did it on the company card oh yeah i mean kudos to you for like being budget conscious at the same time that's i'm always that's an interesting conscious. experience very interesting so how was it were there other people at the hostel oh i had i was only there one night but i had a great time cool oh why did you why did you bring up the hostel in regard to loneliness because i think that that is a way that people uh connect when traveling if you go to europe or latin america and you stay in hostels, you're meeting new people and and immediately forging these weird bonds that only seem to happen in hostels. You're like, oh, let me share this experience with you. And it's not somebody you know, but all of a sudden it's someone that you know. Yeah, mm. I, I can share a fun Euro hack with you there. So in Germany, we came to learn that like if you just went to the Irish pub in a town, everybody spoke English. So it's mm-hmm. just like, no matter what, if you're feeling lonely and like, you know, it, I think that's that's an interesting one, right? When you're in a country where you're not fully fluent in a language, sometimes it can feel really lonely to, you know, be around people, even though you can't understand really what's happening. I lived um, in Miami. You, I know all about that. <laughs> here, I thought you were fluent in Haitian Creole. Miami is Cuba. Come on, man. If I was a mix of both. Mm, not really. I, I don't know. Not Miami proper. <laughs> All I know about Miami, I learned from Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So, you know, so, <laughs> don't know how accurate that is. Play. There there um, definitely is yeah. a little Haiti, but it's not in the proper city. In the heart of Miami is Little Havana. And so true. the Cuban culture, it's only 90 miles from Cuba. There are people who came over on makeshift rafts and all of that. I watched Scarface. That's the Libertad, Libertad. Oh yeah yeah it's good stuff loneliness in situations where you're around other people how about that one is that a feeling that you're familiar with yeah for sure told you about my cell phone story she said she's always lonely (laughs) yeah even in our great company this is true i wonder how empty do you feel right now beamer on a scale of one to ten on a scale of one to ten i'm feeling like a four pretty buoyant i i have a dog in the house i have my wonderful friend hannah shout out hannah who came over from New York for Friendsgiving yesterday. 
you know i got you people here which are lovely i have this gorgeous new kaleidoscope and i definitely sometimes replace feelings with monetary possessions much like our shopping queen over there Brittany. sometimes i don't even buy anything though i just like to go look at everything i definitely do that in amazon as well that impulsive like ooh, let me fill the cart uh save for later on everything because you just can't go spending 500 <laughs> yes. bucks a week on amazon there are so many websites out there that i have full shopping carts that i'll just never go to again oh absolutely <laughs> such a smart idea <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it is interesting, the whole concept of being lonely around people. But yeah, it definitely is a thing. You know what's a really lonely around people situation? Say you were really close with your work friends and you mm-hmm. go work somewhere else and then you go back to hang out with them. They have all these inside stories and things that have happened since you've been gone. That feels incredibly lonely to me. And that's happened a few times. Or like... If you have a group of friends that you move away from and they continue to all hang out regularly and then you go visit them, that Mm -hmm. can feel very isolating. On the opposite side, I worked for a restaurant that sells seafood and the first Discord group that I was ever part of is called Enemies of the Sea. (laughs) (laughs) It was everyone that formerly worked at this restaurant that we all bonded together. I still have a lot of friends that used to work at this one establishment. And because it was more of a high-end restaurant, our fellow employees would also moonlight as lawyers and doctors and all of these other things. Whoa. Because they could work a couple shifts and, you know, make enough money for for a trip. Smart. Very smart. I, I have very that. smart friends. I love them. <laughs> Company included. Brilliant bitches. So use books. I'll call someone or go shopping to immerse myself in people. Bunsen, what do you do to combat loneliness? Social media doom scrolling. That's definitely a really easy way to be like, oh, I feel a quick connection to humanity again. Uh, it doesn't mean it's a reasonable thing. Just, you know, it's there. Yeah, That's a good I one. Can, yeah. And... It's a good one. It's instantaneous. You don't have to like kind of wait or anything like that. So I, I think I sort of rely on that, like the that or like asynchronous communication. So like, you know, sending somebody a message or, you know, texting, whatever. I feel like that's the easiest way to kind of combat loneliness is like just send somebody a pebble. So that's a stealing that term from show atypical. You have penguins. They, they like, yeah, they give you a little pebble, right? Sending out pebbles to people is like a way that I sort of combat the loneliness. It's like, here, thought about you. Here's a couple to prove it. <laughs> Here's a thing. Here's a thing, thing I did for you. Enjoy my things. Yeah. So that's one way that, you know, sort of get around that. It's interesting with actually like being in person because again, it's, you know, definitely get energy from it, but there's also like a limit, right? Like I do not want my cup to overfloweth. I just want <laughs> it to get like reasonably full. <laughs> Otherwise it starts to feel uncomfortable. Like what, I... what, a, what a balance act there, right? Like I want to feel... Like, I am with people, but, like, I also want there to be a, a hard stopping point. Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listening to podcasts. Listening oh, I'm in a conversation, pods. but I'm not participating. Yes. Yes. It's perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> and then they say something wrong, and you're screaming at the podcast, and that's what a ghost feels like. Shh. 
Shout out to everyone who screams at our podcast because we've gotten something significantly wrong. We try. <laughs> and then you're lonely again. Oh, yeah. no. The, the doom scrolling, not that it doesn't work to combat loneliness for me, but it works in a different way. That mm-hmm. reading, I feel, or listening to a podcast, I feel connected to these people having a life that I'm not actually part of, but suddenly I feel heavily invested in your plot line going on. When I'm doom scrolling through Facebook and stuff, I feel a sort of disconnect. Like hours could pass and I don't feel like I got anything from it, but I did mentally disconnect and and turn things off for a bit. Same with when I play games on my phone. I disconnect and I lose time. Is that the same as disassociating? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Practicing. Love disassociating. <laughs> avoidance. It's like, yeah, I mean, I, I, those are probably the less healthy, quote unquote, tools for coping <laughs> with feeling that way. But, you know, sometimes if you don't have the energy to engage in extroverted activities, sometimes you do just want to be distracted from your own intrusive thoughts. Intrusive thoughts are the best thoughts. <laughs> Turn your wheel hard right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, you have to hit the brake pedal. <laughs> when you're in a relationship, I think that it's harder when the loneliness strikes because it can be upsetting when you're the only one feeling lonely when you're supposed to be part of a partnership. Do you feel like the idea of never being lonely in a partnership is an unrealistic expectation and you're setting yourself up for failure though? Oh, 100%. Yeah. That's actually my preference, setting myself up for failure. (laughs) It's fine. I think that's a lot to put on someone else to always alleviate all of your loneliness. It also really hurts me, not just with loneliness, but with whenever I'm in a relationship, romantic or a friendship that I can see my friend in pain and there's really nothing I can do about it. I think just being there. It's a tough one. I mean, I definitely experienced, you know, like loneliness in past relationships, past relationships specifically, but not to call out or anything. Right. And that was, but that's the thing though. It's like, that was lots of other people around and stuff like that. Sometimes you just are so disconnected though. You can't help but feel like loneliness is the only option for a feeling at that point it's yucky it's gross don't enjoy it but it was it was a thing i don't think there's any point in trying to deny that i think it was a common thing for me before and it actually got to the point of being so uncomfortable it was like this just doesn't work (laughs) feeling alone when you're with other people can just get to the point of being unsustainable it felt like when trying to do a positive spin because whenever we start one of these episodes i'm always thinking about the end of what what did my anxiety around being lonely do positively in my life like what's the the silver lining the positive spin and it's another one that i think maybe isn't the healthiest but i think that my always feeling lonely my always doing that made me a better actress of not giving (laughs) off those vibes and and so while some people fall apart when they experience a certain emotion I'm fairly good at keeping it under wraps what I'm feeling because 
you you can't make friends and stuff if you're like always sad even though i'm always lonely people constantly are like oh you make friends so easily and yada yada and i hey i love making friends and i love doing those things so i have created sort of the shield around the loneliness which in fact keeps people out but it also gives the impression that i'm okay Everything's okay. Everything's fine. So fake it till you make it with loneliness. Interesting. I mean, Very will I make it though? I don't know that this is the best strategy. You better make it. <laughs> you better make it. She'll bully me into it. <laughs> <laughs> That's super healthy, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anything wrong with it. It's fine. Everything is fine. Better than the alternative. Do you have a positive spin? Positive what has loneliness on- done for you today? <laughs> It allows for me to be the sort of ultimate determinant or it allows me to really figure out, you know, what is the thing I want to be doing? It doesn't always happen that I actually do the thing, but it gives me a choice to be like, you know, all right, well, what what activities are going to like, you know, actually make me feel fulfilled? Like, do I want to binge watch a movie? Do I want to like put together a model? Do I want to like theoretically clean up a room or do something like that? Like organize my life a little bit. Are you saying you understand yourself better? Because you don't relate to people sometimes? Maybe. It's possible. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. Like, try to figure out, you know, what are the things that I can do for me? We already established, like, it's nobody else's responsibility to, you know, make me feel less lonely. Whether you're doing it with other people or doing it by yourself, it's like, it is up to you to keep yourself occupied. I'm going to go in a different direction with this. Mm-hmm. I think Please. loneliness has made me appreciate my time with people more and want to be more intentional about like activities that are being done or conversations that are being held, which can lead to some mm-hmm. awkwardness sometimes because I tend to get very serious with people and some people would prefer to stay on the surface because I, I spent a lot of time alone as a a child. So being around people, the loneliness makes me want to make the most of the time with them. So interesting. So almost for it sounds like you sort of then get in the driver's seat with your loneliness to like get to a spot where you drive conversations with other people to scratch that little bit. I try. They don't always respond how I want them to. Like I can't convince everyone to read fairy porn, right? But <laughs> sure you can. You just need to try. Try. <laughs> try harder. No, but I really appreciate that about Brittany is that she definitely tries to find connections with people and also to try and connect other people to each other. Oh she yes, doesn't I love that. She doesn't always have to be involved she she will play matchmaker and then be like have fun guys <laughs> yes it's like i'm making myself feel less lonely by making you feel less lonely without actually having to make you feel less lonely <laughs> I, i'm doing something that's controversial and other things i am shoving my beliefs of you don't have to be lonely onto you <laughs> but is that really controversial right well shoving your beliefs on others yeah yes that's the oh, I'm yeah. okay, fair fair let people live their life or bully them into living the better life for them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I guess, you know what? There's no way to know whether it is the better life without actually getting a chance to experience it. Right. What are you talking about? Brittany knows exactly the life for you that you should lead. I can help you figure it out. I can help you figure it out. No, (laughs) I, we, we joke, we joke. show you the world, (laughs) but don't get Disney coming for us. 
<laughs> we already talked about John Carter, which, by the way, I looked on Disney Plus and confirmed it is there. That doesn't surprise me that Disney owns that. But I read the book series, not the Disney version. Well, I mean, it was the largest flop of all time when it came out. Worse than Avatar? Avatar made a shitload of money. No, 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 no. Avatar Last, Last Airbender by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, we don't acknowledge I... that exists. That's not a thing. But I watched that and I didn't hate it. I think that the main reason that one flopped is that it came out at the same time as Avatar. And so there was They're... a lot of brand confusion. Okay. Oh, they it came, came out years apart. Yeah, they did come out years apart. And they, well, well, there was a controversy of... of the name, though, because Avatar The Last Airbender was not allowed to have the name Avatar because of Disney. I actually never saw the movie. I just heard about what a flop it was. I liked the cartoon. The movie yeah. was okay. Like, it wasn't the best, but it I think it, it was okay. The controversy I... came from the whitewashing. Oh, yeah, for oh. sure. Like, you have a little kid named Ong, and you casted a white kid. Yeah. And the director, you would think that's problematic in a different way. Ella Enchanted was a huge flop, a book to movie flop, but that's a whole different topic of book to movie or uh, adaptation flops. Mm, should we do anxiety around uh, literature adaptations? Oh, definitely. Sure. All right. Sure. Adding that to the list. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the one book to movie that both satisfy me in a huge way Stardust. I never finished the book. You missed out. Harry Potter did pretty well. There was a lot that they missed, but to do it in movie form. Agree to disagree. It's fine. <laughs> okay. I'm not even going to touch that one. That's that's too controversial for me. What are you, a Hufflepuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you? Uh, so I've never done a sorting app before. I'm sending you the link now. Well, I was yeah, going to say, you I, know what? I would like since you I, to do it right now. I have it pulled up. All right. Yeah, my, oh. my clickety-clack on my keyboard. You, just, you know, I'll mute myself for a second while I do this. Sometimes it's good to be lonely, though, or alone. Sometimes it's good to be alone without the absence of lonely. Yeah, there's a difference between being alone and being lonely, right? For sure. You can, you can be lonely in a crowded room. But you can't be alone in a crowded room. What you should do is the more constructive versions of playing matchmaker and building connections like Brittany or doing some internal retrospection and finding finding things that you enjoy, like Bunsen. But maybe don't do a shield that keeps people out like Beamer. And don't look for your fulfillment in others. Your fulfillment is really going to come from within, even if it takes other people sometimes to fill up your social bar. We're all just Sims, right? <laughs> Deep in our That's hearts. Good. That's me. This has been another episode of But I Don't Want To, an Anxiety Happy Hour. Or as I like to call it, an Anxiety Happy Hour. Or, for short, ah! Please pause while Bunsen figures out where he's sorted like he's 13 years old. Can you join hogwarts a little faster i'm trying but now i'm stuck in some quiz about fucking cell phone service what? god damn it how that's not on the pottermore quiz it, no it's some other website why are you on some other website Ugh, 
I don't know, but I already went through the whole thing. So let's see. Do you have ADHD? Yes. Do I have ADHD? A hundred percent. Diagnosed with ADHD for 14 years. Oh! What are you? You fucking called me in earlier. Hufflepuff? <laughs> Hufflepuff. I knew it. An emotional support Hufflepuff. Fucking A. Hey, no, they're underrated. They are great. There's been a whole Hufflepuff renaissance. Yeah. The only bad one is Gryffindor. Yeah. <laughs> but the people who are Gryffindors are really proud to be in it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they think like, oh, yeah. it's main character energy. It's like, no, no. it's just you're a bunch of fucking dicks who do what you want. <laughs> That's called egocentric. You guys think you're not dicks, but you really are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Two of the Gryffindors I know are really sweet people. They make They're it, the they exception, make it not the rule. Right, exactly. <laughs> Let's just be clear about that. They they just think that, oh, yep, we were the main characters in the movies, so therefore we're everything. But oh, and then what's his face? Who's the one who ended up killing Voldemort? It was Nigel, right? Neville. Neville. Neville Longbottom. He didn't kill Voldemort. He killed the snake. Harry killed Voldemort. I mean, but what was the snake but a piece of Voldemort? Yeah, he was a horcrux. So they all so- killed Voldemort. Harry just took all the fucking credit. But Nagini was actually her own person before she couldn't shapeshift anymore if you're following the Fantastic Beasts movies. Some of them, but I don't know that I'm very good at retaining the information from it. The most recent wasn't the same without Johnny. Rip. I love Johnny. I know he's a problematic person, but I I love him regardless. Yeah, is he officially cancelled now after his mega pint and... I thought he was uncancelled. I think he was uncancelled because people realized that she is an asshole. What I realized from the trial is that they are both assholes yes we, yes that's what i was gonna say about celebrities they were just yeah. toxic towards each other now to roll the credits big thanks to sam rochford for her use of the song pedals you can listen to the full version on spotify apple music or any of those other places that you find music if you want to connect with her and you're secretly 83 years old like me her facebook page is called sam rochford music and if you're hip and cool her tiktok is boring sad music do you like our logo? It was done by friend of the pod and artist extraordinaire, The Ramble Pies. Her Instagram and TikTok are at the.ramble.pies. Don't know what you want, but want some art? Her Etsy is The Rambling Merchant. Now that's all one word. She does do commissioned works if you have something in mind. You can reach us at Linktree slash Anxiety Happy Hour on Instagram at an anxiety happy hour on facebook at an anxiety happy hour on youtube at but i don't want to an anxiety happy hour on twitter at anxiety hh pod because apparently there's character limitations thanks elon on tiktok at an anxiety happy hour or email us at an anxiety happy hour at gmail.com this has been a be anxious production Did I lose you or did you just stop talking? I just stopped talking. I was hoping for some repertoire. Well, it just didn't sound like you were done. It it felt like you had more to say. Yeah, but I saved that for therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Is that not what this is? Oh, oh, yeah. (laughs) That's a great interpretation. Are you, are you one of those voiceover people?